0: what's up humans welcome back to the human music podcast this is episode 94, Hayden THC is betting on himself. This week, our guest is Hayden THC, a producer, songwriter, artist, engineer, and creative from Nashville, who now lives in Atlanta. In 2018, Hayden got a songwriting placement with EDM artist Gazette for the single Run Run featuring Morgan Bosman, which got over 3 million streams within a few months of release and I just heard has gotten over 10 million. Million streams in its lifetime. Uh, Hayden's production, writing, and engineering credits also include Cookbook of LA Symphony, Suave. Morgan Bosman Trez Bell Drew Castle Lauren McClinton AC Noel And many more Alright So you're gonna wanna listen To what this guy has to say He's super dope Good friend of mine Song of the week is Suave featuring Hayden THC Stay strong New single out With both of these dope gentlemen on it And uh, links are down below for that We also included links to Run Run Cassette featuring Morgan Bosman His big hit As, as a songwriter and DeFactory Entertainment, his website, where you can learn a lot more about him and what he's doing. Please support our sponsors Where you're down there. Dojo TV, free producer live stream classes from the Dojo Senseis. Yummy Strung, where so you can get high-quality guitar samples, loops, one-shots, racks, and more from our Very Yump Test scope. Weekly Download, where you can learn from Ill Gates and his private weekly group lessons, and get access to over 250 more episodes in the archive for just 20 bucks a month. And Guest Practices, where you can learn from Seth Drake of the Approach Institute. That's the best engineer we know. And your first class over there is free, alright? Make sure to go find us at TheHumanMusicPodcast.com for free sample packs and more episodes, socials, all that good stuff. But let's get into this episode with Hayden THC.
1: Hello, people of Earth. This is Tesco with Rip Kenny and Trap Jesus. And you're listening to the uh, Human Music Podcast. Woo!
0: music podcast i like it oh my god what's up humans ha 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 y'all know it we know it it is the human music podcast time it is can i get a and a big up chat if anybody's over there in the dojo tv chat drop us a gif hopefully a rick and morty gif or something that'll make us giggle Mm. (laughs) We can describe on an audio podcast. It'll be great. (laughs) But y'all know what it is. We're the Human Music Podcast. We make Rick and Morty jokes, and we talk about music production and music in general. And we have a very special guest today, somebody I love, somebody I am super pumped to have on the show that that I've known for years. And this is Hayden THC. That's the Hayden Coleman, y'all. Hey. The one the only the Hayden Coleman. Any others yeah. out there are just a Hayden Coleman. They're A right. C right. nobody knows what that is. <laughs> THD though is. that's that <laughs> <No>. shit. <laughs> that's hey, shit. You already know. Yeah, man. So like I said, how we start this off is Hayden, mm-hmm. tell us about your superhero origin story. How did you get into this uh whole thing of music?
2: Oh man. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so, um, I've always been, I've always been musical, um, since like, I was a fetus, um, literally (laughs) like, you know how, um, you know how a lot of times when, um, you know, like their moms will put like Mozart, like Beethoven, like headphones up to the womb, you know, to like make their child super smart. My Mom did that. Only she played Janet Jackson. So here I am. Um, no, no, mom. <laughs> yeah. Mom, THC. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> no shout out, shout out to my mom for sure. But, um, yeah. So I, I mean, I've always been interested in like, I was always humming when I was a kid. My mom tells me the story of like, when I was like, I don't know, like two or three. And I like told her, mom, there's always music playing in my head. And, um, uh, yeah, that's been true my whole life. <laughs> and so, um, I've always, what I've always wanted to do. Um, and I think, you know, um, you know, growing up, I always like, you know, fiddle around with different stuff. I had a little like toy boom box that, you know, uh, with cassette tape recorder. And so me and my friends would always just like huddle around this like shitty little toy mic and like make up songs and then play them back from my mom. And I thought they were amazing and they were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> And um but I think when I first started like, okay, I really want to like do something like serious with music, um, was probably when I was in yeah, I was like right before I got into high school. Um, you know, all my friends, you know, everybody wanted to be in a band and all my friends were getting in, you know, were trying to form a band. And so I just wanted to be included and nobody wanted to play bass at all. You know what I'm saying? Everybody wanted to be the guitar player or the singer or whatever. And I was like, "Ooh, if I play bass, like I could be included in the band." So I'm like, "I'll play bass." And they're like, "Do you know how to play bass?" No, I don't. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, so I got bass lessons, and um, yeah, just really fell in love with it. And um, you know, started in bands. I always, um, I was always like a hip hop kid, though. I, you know, all my friends were like into like, um, like emo. Like I was in a screamo band, which is so Good. not. Like me, if anybody who knows me, do you is have personal, any? Do
3: you have any old I tapes of that? Oh, Lisa, yes
2: I have Lisa. the shittiest recorded. Like one of the first things I ever recorded ever. It's it's just it's basically square waves. It's just
3: it's <laughs> even awful. better. That just, just yeah. adds to the ambiance.
2: Literally, we I I use some of the mics. Um, in um because all my friends were all like church kids you know because i grew up like southern baptist so we were all mm. in like the youth group room and like just on the stage there with just a couple of the vocal mics and just taking it right out of the mixer just <laughs> into my little like think fire i think out of a fire pod or something and um oh it was so bad it was like it's just it's just digital clipping galore before
0: <laughs> i even doing scream what out was. in a church yeah yes literally
3: so so good oh my god the, <laughs> yeah the, the visual there is just like, hey, I, mean, yeah, like literally, is a thing.
2: I know yeah so like <laughs> <laughs> literally literally imagine like a bunch of us just you know like skinny jeans and guyliner just like in a church <laughs> just like yeah
0: With, that's the-, the music video right there anyways
2: <laughs> oh yeah no we were just we were just happy we were just like oh my god we're on a cd like yeah. it was the coolest to me it was like the coolest thing ever um because i was um and i was in another band in high school and i remember um our guitar player tim like he got this like four track little tascam um recorder that recorded like directly on a cd i thought it was the coolest thing ever because i was like oh my gosh i can listen to myself on a CD. And I thought, this is amazing. I've got to figure out how to do this. And so that's kind of what got me like into like engineering and production and stuff. Like I, um, you know, I was, um, this whole time too, like I was, um, I had been rapping started, I was a rapper really before, um, like for my own stuff. And so, um, you know, I was, I was always trying to be in these bands, you know, and like, it wasn't really me. Like I just wanted to just be accepted and like try to fit in, even though I did not at all. Yeah. Um, and so, but like on my own time, like I was trying to figure out, I was like, you know, you know, I just, I was writing raps and, you know, to like beats that already like existed or something like that. But, you know, of course I'm like, I got to have my own beats and I got to figure out how to do this. Cause you know, this is pre like, you know, where you can just go on YouTube and be like whatever type beat on YouTube and just mm-hmm. write whatever you know, this is, this is like 2005, 2006, something like that. Like before mm-hmm. that was even a thing. So I didn't know, you know, I grew up in Gulf Shores, Alabama, which is like a little bar- which is like a little Island off the coast of Alabama. And so like, I didn't know anybody that made beats, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, well, I gotta, if I want beats for my music, I got to figure out how to do this. So I got like, um, so with that fire pod, I think I had like a demo version of like, Cubase I think it was like Cubase LE or something like that. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. So I just I I would get those I I started subscribing to uh like computer music and future music where they had those little like demo CDs with those like little like free sample packs. So I would like <laughs> get, Yeah, so I would like get those and just like individually like like drag like the kicks and the snares and stuff like where I wanted and that's like how I started like I guess learning how to build beats. And um and they had a lot. Um I wasn't really into um like any sort of like dance or EDM as much, but there was a lot of that in those magazines. And so of course they have like demo songs and stuff like that. So that actually kinda started getting me into that a little bit. And I would start learning how to do that too, because it's like that helped me, you know, again they provided like loops and stuff for like demos that you could follow along in the magazine, and so like a lot of those would be like you know, more dance type stuff. So I started learning how to do that and really enjoyed that too. And, um, you know, so I, I remember um, one of my coworkers, like I just, um you know, he was really into like EDM and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, like I've got some stuff and I'll make, make this, you know, he wanted me to like make him some stuff. So I was like, okay. So I made him like a little like three track little CD thing and he loved it. And he like hyped it up. And I was just like, really, you think this is good? And I was like, Huh, I don't know, maybe this is like something I can, I don't know. It was kind of like just more affirmation of like, hey, maybe I could like, you know, do this. Because, you know, none of my friends, you know, at the time, you know, they never like cared or gave a shit, you know, just because like they're off, you know, listening to like My Chemical Romance or whatever and, you know, not a diss to them, but it's just like that wasn't my thing. And so it was kind of nice to like have some people like give me some validation. So I was like, huh, maybe this is something I can do. And yeah, I went to move to Nashville, uh, went to school for a music business, and um, yeah, I just started just getting more into beats and taking stuff more seriously. And yeah, fast forward to 2017 at an i standard event, I met Luke, and uh, hey. here I am. <laughs> yeah, your yeah, so
3: your friends listening to My Chemical Romance. I think the making punk music in a church thing makes way more sense. Now. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. It was such, it's like, it's such a thing, you know? And like, they were uh, like, that was when like under oath was like really hot shit. And like, you know, of course, because they were like Christian, I guess, but like we're passing, you know, but we're like, you know, it was, it was, it's such a weird like distinction, like Christian versus secular thing because growing up like Southern Baptist, it's like a very like, you know, it's like, you can't listen to like non-Christian music, like period. And so there was a while where I was, I was not, you know, for a lot of my like early, like middle school, older elementary school years where I was just like strictly Christian music. And so that's when I got really into like underground hip hop and stuff like that. Cause I started like just trying to find like good stuff in <laughs> um, that, you know, and that I really enjoyed and stuff that wasn't so just like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I got into a lot of just really like, um, like there's this group called uh, LA Symphony that I really got into and they kind of like, they were just them, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, like they were Christian, I guess, technically, but it's like, they, they collaborated with a lot of like non-Christian people. And I got you know, that's how I, I, I you know, started listening to a lot of, like, the West Coast underground people that I grew up listening to, like, Dilated Peoples hey, and, like, Visionaries, like, the Legends and people like that.
0: Living Legends, yeah.
2: Yeah. yo they just dropped, they just actually came out with a song a, a couple months ago for the what? first time in, like, nine years. It's fire. Oh, shit. I got to go check yeah. that out. Mm-hmm. That's I know. Like it was, like, high school totally out of right the blue, there. too. Yeah, totally out of the blue. And Ooh. so, like, I grew up. You know, like, you know, that's, I got really into that. And so I was like, always this, like, this weird duality of like trying to fit in with my friends. But at heart, I'm like this backpack underground, like, you know, kid, you know, I was like super like, fuck the mainstream, you know, like kid, like anything that's mainstream is like, whack, it's not real hip hop. It's not any of that.
0: And, Bruh, you know, backpacker life. I feel you. I was right there for a hot minute. it. <laughs> I was, dude. I was, man. It was so. Um,
2: uh. But I will say, like, that's how I really got. Like, I really learned about like hip hop, like for real. And you know, got really. You know, I learned about the history. I listened to, you know, like all. You know, starting back from like, you know, even early days of like Grandmaster Flash and stuff like that, and you know, into like golden era stuff and like all of that. I think for me, it's it's especially you know, and I think people talk about this a lot, you know, I I, I, I hate it when people try to really like play up the whole, like, oh, I'm a white dude doing hip hop thing. Cause it's like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like we get it. But, um, that was one of the things that I kind of, I think for me, because I I realized that I'm like, okay, cool. Like I am in a lot of ways, a guest in this space. And so if this, you know, cause hip hop isn't just music, it's, it's culture. it's there's A lot to it. There's depth to it, and for me, I think I grew up getting that in some ways, but like not the environment that I was around. I was like influenced through the music that I heard. it's like you know, I mean, I'm growing up around a bunch of other like white kids in a small southern town, so it's just like I'm not really getting, you know, the 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 full immersion of the of the culture part of that. But it's something that I I I think I understood as far as like on a music level and through the music and learning, you know, how important that was. And not to mention, it was something it just, it, it was, I don't know, just, it was like a part of who I was. And it it was something that I just felt compelled to learn more about. And so it's like, you know, now my, I'm, oh my gosh, like I I listen and do and make a lot of different styles of music. Um, But, you know, that's always there. That's always, you know, where my heart is. And I, I always try to, I think for me, even when I'm writing like a pop song, you know what I'm saying? It's like, there's, there's a degree of like, okay, you know, I want to, you know, I want to say something, you know, not like, you know, super like lyrical miracle type of thing, but, you know, just I want to be intentional with my words. And I think that's something that was really like, I think growing up, with that background and that influence, I really learned, you know, like there's so much intentionality with all the lyrics that it's like a lot of times, you know, I think, especially for the casual listener, it's like stuff like that really gets lost, which again, makes sense now that I'm older. And I guess in in hindsight, it's like, you know, I can see why, you know, that's not for everybody, you know, but I think for me at the time it was like, I learned so much and I gained so much from the depth of the lyrics that I listen to. And so I think that's something that's kind of a principle that I try to take, you know, um, especially like in my songwriting, it's just like, okay, like I can say, even if I'm talking about a very, just like, you know, broad concept of like, like love or like betrayal or just like, you know, I don't know, just upset at the state of the world. It's like, there's still, you know, an intentionality I can bring to my lyrics that, you know, and, and, and there's a lot, there's a lot of that. Like there's, um, like I remember, um, like one song that always kind of struck me was, um, Neo so sick. So sick. Of love song. You know that song? Classic, yes. And I, I love the last line of that hook where it's like, so sick of love song, so tired of tears. And like, you know, going through all this stuff, that he's so sick of all this stuff, but it's like, the last line is, why can't I turn off the radio? And it's just like, I don't know. That always hit me where I'm just like, damn, like that made that so deep with just like one line. And it's like, I don't know. I I just, I, I love when, you know, something can kind of, I guess, convey something that's like really like deeper and more complex, but doesn't have to be so like, you know, too dense for people to like ingest.
3: Yeah. That's actually, that's a really good point. Like being able to explain like a, like a complex emotion or something like that in simple words, like the picture that you paint is complex, but you're using words and like phrases and, and basically like painting the picture with like very simple context. But the, the underlying meaning is deeper. It's, it's much harder to do than most people would assume.
0: Yeah. To me, that's like why like poetry is what it is and why these poetic elements exist. So we can explain extremely convoluted, complex, esoteric, emotional concepts by using metaphor and simile and imagery Mm -hmm. of like Mm -hmm. things that everybody in whatever culture it's meant for understand. Like anybody in American culture understands turning on the radio and hearing love songs. And like, then it it just dives and paints this entire picture for you of really what Neo's feeling at that moment with just,
3: yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I think the other thing too, to mention, like one thing that's really difficult in that vein is like using simple words, but like not being like, so blatant like when if you've ever tried to write a song anyone ever <laughs> in out there in the chat uh, <laughs> listening to this podcast if you've ever tried to write lyrics to a song you will know what i'm saying because if you're trying to use the regular ass language you end up explaining just like so basically what's happening right and like that's not the point of writing a song you're supposed to like kind like it's um, the most interesting song dances around what you're saying and then like cleverly introduces what you actually mean right but like as a songwriter it is so hard to find the right combination of words that actually doesn't just vi- just sound like you're just telling them what's happening the whole time right like it's it, yeah. it takes like a lot of skill to actually be able to do that well
2: yeah, I think that's just something for me. And it, it's kind of tough, you know what I'm saying? Because it's just like, I mean, let's also be honest, like, there's times when it's just like, you know, all right, back that ass up. Boom, you know, <laughs> It's like, but that's like, but every time it's just like, it's just a fun, you know, it's just a fun song. And that's not the most deep song, you know, but it's like, you know, then there are those songs that are just like, you just listen over and over and like on the Mm 10th listen, something just hits you one time. You're just like, Oh wow. You know? And I, I think there's, there's always like, there's always room for all of that. And there's always a happy medium. I think that, um, and I guess for me, you know, whenever I write songs again, I just, I always try to like, if there's something that I'm just like, all right, this is cool. But like, is there a better, like, it's whenever I'm trying to say, all right, cool. Like, how am I feeling or what am I trying to say? But what's the best way that I can, like, say that, you know? And, yeah. it, and it's like, and it's not always a very direct thing. And that's, and I think, you know, anytime when you're first starting out, um, you know, I, I did that, you know, it's it, because it's just like, you're just trying to just get it out. And you're just like, okay, I'm feeling like this. So I'm just going to say this. And then you listen back, you know, years later and you're just like, wow, I sound like I was in fourth grade (laughs) making this song. Um, But, you know, it's, it's something that I love. And I think I love that, you know, that happy medium when it's just like, okay, cool. Like there's, there's a really dope, great song. And there's just those things that just, that hit you, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, it's not too dense to where it just like, okay, like I got to like, it's way too much to like, even on a couple listens to just, it's just like a barrage of just stuff, you know, but it's, it'll just be like those, those little lines. It'll just catch you. I think that's one thing like, um, like, like Lil Wayne, like is was always really good with just those little, like one liners, those little ones that just like, are just like, yeah. Oh, like just yeah. so clever. <laughs> I, I think that's like, he just, he did that so well. And, um, you know, not on every song, but um, on on a lot of them, and I think that was one one of the things that just really I think made people appreciate him is because it was just those those simple ones that people are just like, because it, it was easy. It was easy for people to just like hear and digest that, but like you know, but at the same time, it's just like, oh wow, that's like clever as fuck. You know, that's, I mean, that's a
3: really important thing to note too. Is like it it doesn't like you could have a three minute song. And two seconds of that is this perfect little clever one liner enough that you remember it and could tell it as a joke or like, you know, you that the one little two second piece sticks in your head and then you're going to want to listen to that song again because you're like thinking about it and you remember it like you're you, you don't have to write an entire song packed with cleverness, but like just two seconds of cleverness is enough to sometimes grab people right
2: yeah and i think that was one thing and i think especially just because i i you know again i grew up very just like super lyrical hip-hop all this stuff like i go back and listen especially like um my earlier rap days and it was like i don't know like a lot of it just felt too it's like i was just trying to just pack so much into like every line every single time and it was just like and then the the end result is, is like, wow, this sounds very forced. You know what I'm saying? Like it sounds very like, you know, because again, it's like I'm trying too hard, you yeah, know, and I was. And, and it's like, you know, like, and there's, and I would, I would, I remember like some, uh, there was this one song I released because, you know, I, it was, I fucking sampled Timbaland. So I can't, you know, put that on streaming services, but I put it out on like SoundCloud and like Bandcamp and stuff and, um, It was a song I put out in like 2013 called "Nothing to Say," and I was so like I was like I was so proud of it, you know. And I'm not gonna lie, at the time where I was at at the time, I'm still very proud of that, you know. I produced it. I that was the first time I think I'd really put something out that I like completely like I produced it, you know, like I wrote it, I engineered it, you know, and I I, I put it out. You know what I'm saying? In some degree or fashion. So I, I was proud of that. And I think at the time I was I was you know. I still am. Um but it was definitely in hindsight when I go back and listen to it I was just like, "Oh my gosh." Like and there's so many lines. It's like I, I would play it and like it would just just you know what I'm saying? And like internally it was just like, "Oh, they're not reacting to that line. They're not reacting to that line." It's like, "Yeah, cuz like every line is like if people can't just like ingest that yeah. in like one like 3-minute song, like one time it's just it's too much."
0: You got like, like, to pass out like a play. lyric sheet and a study guide with the <laughs> with little <laughs> footnotes Ref- and
3: <laughs> references. And like, right, you got five videos you got to watch beforehand, and then after you watch these other five, so you understand <laughs> the connection. It's a whole yeah. college course. Yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly. And it's and and again, I mean, it's it's you know, I'm 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 proud of it because at the time I knew that I made that was. I did something I did to the best of my ability at that time with where I was at. You know, I think there's, there's times when I'll go back and listen to stuff. And I, and I think this is for anybody. Cause I know there's a lot of people that like can't ever, even stuff that they've like put out that they've just had, like they can't even listen to it because they're just like, Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Or like, I, you know, and I understand that. I think for me, it's like, I can appreciate stuff that I've done where I'm just like, I look back and I'm like, all right, cool. Where I was at at the time. Given what I knew and my abilities, did I do, you know, if what, if I did something I feel like at the time with the skill set that I had, did the best that I could, you know, I still can go back and appreciate those things. It's like, would I do a much better job if I remade that today? Absolutely. That's anybody on any level. I think even on like a, you know, the highest, most successful, you think this is the best person in whatever genre field, they... I feel that way about their own music, I'm certain.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I think we all do. But I think, again, it's just, I think for me, just like, you know, context of where I was at. And I think just kind of, I think giving myself, I don't know if grace is the right word, but it's just like, you know, kind of like, okay, this is where I was at and I was doing the best that I could at the time. And then taking that and learning from it. And in fact, like, I'm, um, there was um, a project that, um, I engineered and kind of wrote on, um, for somebody back in like 2019. And, um, you know, there I had to go back and revisit, um, one of those sessions literally earlier today and just looking at my mix and like all of the things, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like I would definitely do this, this and this and this and this differently. And just to see kind of how far I've come in my mixing since then. But still it was one of those things that I can go back and listen to because I was like, at the time, like I've, and I'm still very proud. I'm still very proud of that project. Um, it's, it's, um, it's called Dawn by an artist named Lauren McClinton. Um, that EP's out. Um, again, I, I engineered that whole thing and, um, I, I, I wrote, um, some of those songs with her as well. And, um, again, would I do a much better job today? For sure. But at the time like that, I pushed myself on that project and I learned a lot that I think upped my game as an engineer, um, a lot. And so that's always something that I think you know. I can kind of listen back with a sense of just like, I don't know, just like you know what, like it feels good, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, yeah, you know what, man, this 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 project really like this really changed stuff, you know, like this really changed my understanding of gain staging, especially like because I was and and again, like it's it's really great because she was um, very particular in a really great way, not in like a frustrating way, <laughs> you know. Um, and again, it was something that it's like, and the, again, the songs were great and, um, she's just super talented. And it was something that I'm just like, all right, cool. Like I got to bring my A game here. You know, I always try to do that, but it was like, all right, cool. Like I want to make sure my skill level is matching the skill of the production and the skill of the, you know, artist on this stuff. So it's like, we're getting the best project possible. And I feel like at the time I did that. And so, um, excited. I'm, um, we're, we're, uh, we're working on some, um, we're going to be working on some new stuff on this year, which I'm very excited about. So, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, it was, it's one of those things where I think that, you know, growth, growth is great, but, um, also kind of like understanding and seeing the growth is better and something I think it's always good to appreciate.
0: Yeah. I I brought it up on a podcast before, but I know, you know, Amon Jackson and I took a class with him during A3C 2019. And yeah, sat in there and he gave us so many dope gems I got to watch him mix beats uh by like mark bird and uh and uh and somebody else i'm trying to remember who but um it was uh the last one of the last things he said he was just like offhand threw out there like man it's crazy i've been doing this 25 years but every three months i'm a better engineer and i can listen to that shit that's already on so-and-so's album and know how I would have done it better and it like took so much of the pressure off me thinking like oh, I'm just like, I'm right around the corner from being a good engineer and realize like, oh no, I'm always going to become a better engineer as long as I practice, it's okay. You just got to like do the best you can, put the project out and move on with your life.
2: Yeah. And I think I'm so, cause like, I'm so guilty. Like I've just started, like, I'm starting to get together stuff for me as an artist. And it's crazy. Like I started, I literally like started out rapping and I don't have like anything. I have one thing now that I'm featured on, that's out on streaming services, which is great. Um, it's um, by uh, Suave, um, featuring me. The song is called "Stay Strong." Uh, came out this past December. Woo! Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very proud of that. But it's like, you know, I've been doing this a long time, and it's just like I've not dropped anything because, like, I'm such like an over perfectionist. That it's like I'll just hold on, you know what I'm saying? It's just like why, like you know, like what's what is this doing for me sitting on my hard drive? Absolutely nothing.
0: Collecting um, digital dust.
2: Correct and (laughs) exactly. And so it's just like for me now, I'm just you know, it's it's one it's one of those things where I'm I'm just going to start putting stuff out there. I've got I've got a handful of songs. I just got a little bit more to finish up um little stuff here and there and it's just like I'm you know, this year I'm really gonna be putting out um a decent amount of material. Um as an artist, yes. not only I'm definitely still as a producer and as an engineer, but like also as an artist and I'm really excited. I'm really proud of that. And um, you know, I think it's just kind of the, the time, you know, um a lot of stuff happened last year <laughs> um uh, I think for me and like uh kind of career trajectory wise and it kind of made me have to kind of regroup and rethink um you know what I'm doing and and I think at the end of the day like I started out I started out as an artist as a rapper first thing before anything yet what I have to show for myself externally is none of that you know it's like you got the skills though (laughs) thank you thank you you built up all that yeah and I think and even when I started you know making my own beats and started engineering and stuff like that it was easier for me in a way because it's like when I'm writing a song, especially like as an artist, it's like, I'm putting myself out there, my voice, myself. And that was something that was very intimidating to me. I mean, it's, it still is a little bit, Let's, I mean, I'm just going to be honest, like, um, but you know, I was not at a place where I was comfortable with myself at all, um, to feel like I could do that. And it was kind of easier to sort of, I guess, Be more behind the scenes because I didn't have to take that risk, you know. And it's just like, okay, you don't like one of my beats, okay, you know what I'm saying? Granted, yes, I did put my heart and my soul into this beat, but it's not like my words, my voice, you know, me,
0: yeah, it's it's so much more personal.
2: It is, it really is, and it's and it's and it's something that, um, I've never given myself a fair opportunity to really put myself out there like that. And this is what, I mean, that's what I started out doing, you know, and it's like, I'm, I'm this year I'm, I'm, I'm making a concerted effort, um, to do that. And I'm really excited about it. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, I have to catch myself because I'll still like my natural tendency is to just put that anytime anything else comes up or any other stuff, that isn't the first thing to go to the back burner immediately and not doing that. And, um, and I think that's important just for, for anybody, for any of us who are doing art or pursuing something that's, I mean, because let, let's be honest, like, you know, we're doing what probably a lot of people, you know, say we can't do or is impossible or, you know, oh, like, what's your backup plan? Like, you know, what's, you know, I've got that from my family all the time. And I'm sure anybody, I'm sure y'all have, I'm sure anybody else who's trying to pursue music in any sort of capacity has gotten that. You know, well, there's the our little day.
1: DJ, little DJ producer. How's the music going? How's that music? How's that little music <laughs> oh, thing? kill
2: me now. I know,
3: right? Yeah. It's <laughs> like
2: I've and and even stuff. It's like like you know, there's plenty of things at this point in my career. I've I've accomplished like a decent number of things that is like have gotten me some like very legitimate like as a music industry professional, like credentials and things like that. And I still get that. And it's just like, you know, it'll just be one of those things where I'm just like, okay, like, you know, grandma or whoever, it's just like, you know, I know you don't think this is going seriously, but I wrote a song that's been played in like 51 countries. So I'm like, it's going well. Like, it's it's like, it's going
3: all right. Yeah. It's always
1: funny as hell when they try to bump it after and like be supportive and you're like, you don't listen to this.
3: this I know. It's like, (gasps)
0: And, and, and again, like, you were you know, never really rooting for me anyway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, like my dad and like, I love, I love my dad to death and he has been, you know, and again, he has supported me, but like, even when, um, you know, um, I, I got a songwriting placement with, um, an EDM artist named, uh, Gazette, um, back man. in oh, Yeah. Yeah. yeah back mean, in 2018. Man. Um, I wrote his, yeah, his single, uh, run, run. It's featuring my, uh, my friend and my roommate <laughs> morgan bosman
3: oh, and um
2: and that song is done very well you know what i'm saying like it's a it's done really good thing. i got a, huh
0: it's a jam too
2: oh thank you man like I, yeah i love love that song proud of that song and um again i got a i got a publishing deal out of it and a lot of great stuff you know what i'm saying a lot of good stuff happened from that and like it was so funny because like when you know when my dad when i told my dad and and you know, after I got the placement, after he kind of saw, like started seeing the impact, he was like kind of surprised. And I was just like, I mean, like, yeah, like, (laughs) like this is what I've been doing this whole time is like, you know, like I'm, yes, like I'm really doing music. Like I'm really doing this, you know, and, and, um, but it's tough. Even with that, it's like, I get discouraged all the time, you know, (laughs) like even despite I can go and I can look at stats analytics from, a number of things that I've worked at on and done. And it's like, even still, it's just like, I'll still feel like, man, like I haven't really done shit, you know, (laughs) but like, you know, I have, but at the same time, I'm nowhere near where I want to be. And And I think it's really easy.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) And it's like, it's really easy. I think for me to get, um, kind of, kind of down on myself. And it's, and I understand, I mean, this, this industry is tough and I've been screwed over so many times by so many people, like. Oh, it seems like at least once a year or once every other year, it's like a very major like setback in my career happens and it's just like, fuck, you know, like, sorry, I don't know if I'm, I'm cursing a lot. Hey, fuck yeah, yeah,
0: buddy. Yeah. Fuck cool. yeah, bud. Right.
2: <laughs> okay, cool. Good. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, I'll just be like, fuck, you know, I'm just like, I've like, God, like again, like for real. And so, Um, that's why it's just, you know, 2022, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to just really just bet on myself. Cause when I don't is when, is the times when that sort of stuff seems to happen. Um, and the times when I have betted on myself is when things have tended to work out. And I think that's kind of, you know, you know, I think, I think that's kind of, um, you know, the universe or God or whoever, you know, kind of trying to tell me like, yo, like, this is the move, you know, like bet on yourself, like bet on yourself and shit will happen. And it does every time I do that, you know, think good things tend to happen. And then, but when I always put, you know, that stuff on the back burner and I always sacrifice, you know, my own creative stuff for someone else or some other organization or entity or things like that, like, every single literally every single time has come back to bite me in the ass every single time and so it's like you know i would just say you know to everybody like like bet on yourself you know what i'm saying like i I've, I've um like uh my fiance has a friend um who is a really dope artist and i mean like it's it's one of those things where like you know how some people just kind of have that like I hate using this term like it factor. It's like you, yeah. you hear them and you're just like, yo, like bro, you've got something man. Like for real. It's like, he does. And it's like, but you know, he keeps talking about all this stuff. and just like, Oh yeah. Well, you know, if this kind of doesn't work out, you know, I'm going to manage. And, and like, he'll, he'll always put his efforts into like, you know, these like younger artists or other things that he knows or like trying to do some behind the scenes stuff for them. And I'm like, no dude, like, you got to go hard on your own stuff like for real because it's it's you're like you could really like you know if you if you learn how this shit works and like learn the business you know what i'm saying and stuff like that like bro like you can really be successful and do some numbers and like really do have a career like this and but the thing is i also i can i say that to other people all the time but i also got to say that to myself <laughs> um
1: ain't that some shit hey, you know what i'm
2: saying like, we all we all do, and, it, and it's tough for me. Like, I'm, I'm always, like, in my brain, I see plenty of people who are so much better than me. I think, like, okay, of course, you know, like, oh, of course, because they're talented and all this stuff. But I never put that same energy and effort myself. And it's, like, I think that um, any of us, any of us who are doing music, we all owe ourselves that. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all got started for a reason. You know what I'm saying? We all got – because something – somewhere caught us with music that we're just like, Oh yeah, this shit is good to my soul. And it's like, you know, and it's like, no matter what, like we can't ever lose that. And we always got to give ourselves the opportunity to like that shit that's right here in our soul with the music, like to let that out and to pursue that wherever that goes and wants to go, go, you know,
0: you
1: sorry
2: no go ahead
1: <laughs> i was gonna ask you heard of the artist yeet that's
2: coming up lately yeah that name sounds really familiar
1: so he's um, a new he's a he's a new rapper he he's he's got like his own own style and uh he's been like blowing up like just co-signed by drake like recently too yeah yeah that's and, right. and uh man something that really stuck with me i watched one of his interviews and they're like man like what, what kept you going this long and he's like man i'm not gonna lie like When I was asked, I thought I was really good. Like I thought I was good this whole time. And I was like, man, like the the perfectionist mindset definitely has this time and place. But like ignorance truly is bliss in that sense. Like you just got to keep going and keep pushing and like not get in your own way to do that. And like just hearing him put it like that, he's like, man, I ain't gonna lie. I thought I was good this whole time. And then I realized after I blew up all my old stuff is ass. I was like, oh, yeah yeah just shut off that internal dialogue just keep going
2: i mean the only literally the only way you can fail is if you quit for real
1: facts you know
2: and it's like and it's sad like it's like look at somebody like andre 3000 who is like i don't know if you've seen him interviews talk in interviews where it's like you know people ask like you know why doesn't really do music like that anymore he's like oh you know well i don't want to be the like you know 45 year old rapper or something like that. And we're just literally all of us are just like, we what? want you to <laughs> like, oh, like, like if Andre 3000 dropped an album today, that shit would go oh, bananas. Man. Like, come on, you know, it's like,
0: I would listen right away. I don't listen exactly. to a lot of albums right away. I wait to hear what people say about them to know if that hour of my life is worthwhile. I would, I would hands down bet on an Andre 3000.
2: Oh Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's just, and again, it's like, I mean, you know, he obviously, you know, that's his own decision. He has to make that for himself. But, um, you know, of course us, the fans are just like, what the fuck are you talking about? dude? (laughs) Like, You know, it's like, you're not like too old. Like, come on. You know, it's, I mean, I think a lot of times, you know, we have these kind of ideas and these kind of, I don't know, just kind of like made up, like weird rules for like, Us or success or music or whatever, and it's like, why? You know, like, like it's not like if there's anything that I think that we've learned, I think from like, I don't know if we call it the new internet age of music. It's just like, bro, like everybody has their own path. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, like, there's, like, almost what eight billion people in the world. Almost Mm -hmm. we have the internet. We can reach at least a couple billion of those. And it's like, you really only need what? Like, a thousand true 100- 100-
0: fans? A
1: couple shekels for the Lizard King. Exactly. <laughs> a thousand true fans making six figures. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> 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 yeah,
2: exactly. Um, exactly. But no, but exactly. It's like, you mean to tell me that like you can't find like those people? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, of course you can. It's mm. like, listen... If insane clown posse can do what they do and make a living off of that. I'm not saying that as any sort of diss. In fact, I am impressed. If you know you're what not I'm saying?
3: impressed by what the co- yeah. them and the community that they've built. Like you you're on the wrong side. Like, like the,
2: how like how? how the hell did you even know that that's a thing like that people yeah. wanted or existed but it's like it's Like they started, it like, is.
3: like the most people it, people that follow them are it's like it's like a cult they yeah. like live and die by what they do it's like if you could get a fan to be 10% as interested as most people that are insane clown posse followers are. juggalos
0: homie use juggalos, the correct nomenclature exactly.
3: yeah <laughs> you Have already made it. You you you've done the right thing. Most most people won't get one percent of the attention that the jugglos actually fucking pay. Like yeah, Yeah, that's true.
2: Exactly. And the thing is, I think that people got to realize is that like being successful in this industry doesn't mean being Drake. You know what I'm saying? Like that could be to you because everybody has their own personal definition of success. But like there's people who you've never heard of who are making a very comfortable living doing this. You know what I'm saying? I know I have a friend who um, all he does is make music for sync. That's it. So like, for those of y'all who don't know, like um, sync is when, um, you know, audio is synced with any sort of like visual medium. So a lot of times when I'm talking about that. It's like the music that you hear in like TV shows or advertisements or movies. Um, just kind of give, I guess some context if that, some people may not know that term. Um but yeah, that's all he does. He literally like I mean, he has stupid placements on like again, like every month like he gets like multiple placements, you know? And it's like that's what he does. He literally just sits in his studio at home and does that. Period. And that's how he provides for himself and his whole family. And again, like nobody even knows like his um his name is uh, Ellis, Ellis Dudes and like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, if you ask who that is to any random person on the street, they're not going to know who he is, but it's like, but he's again, made a comfortable living for himself and his whole family doing that. And it's like, that's an Avenue, you know, some people it's like live shows touring, like that's their move or they do really well at radio or they do really, or they make music for like video games. Like there's so, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, with I mean, especially with the internet now, like there's, there's really no gatekeepers. Like there's really nothing like it's tough because the tough thing is to stand out because there's no gatekeepers and anybody can kind of come in. That's kind of like the double-edged sword though. But like, I think that's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I think that, you know, you can find, um, people who are really going to appreciate you and appreciate what you do. and nice. um, it's really weird, you know. It's like I've, and I don't know. The run run situation was just kind of eye opening to me, just because it's like that. I had so many people. I had I had a friend of mine who was like literally in a cafe in fucking Barcelona, Spain, and like like send me a Snapchat of like the song like playing in the cafe, and it's just like what the you know what I'm saying? It's like that like blew my mind,
3: dude. That okay? So we're, let's let's pause here. That is sure. a fucking huge moment for <laughs> anyone, much less someone that I'm talking to currently. Can you, yeah. can you give a little bit of backstory and how that happened and sure. how that whole situation? Yes. Rose?
2: Okay. Definitely. Yeah. It's something that, like, it's something I bring up like sometimes, but it's not something I like to just try to be super, just like, I don't know. I, I try to be yeah, like low key about it, but yeah, man, but no, it's but it's
1: Show off a little.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it, man. Okay. So that, that happened in the most random way. So, um, Creating that song, um, uh, my friend Morgan, it was originally, it was a song for her. And in fact, she actually put it out and it was out for about six months before it was not out (laughs) and kind of uh, um, repurposed for um, Gazette. And so um, again, she was literally doing this challenge, this like YouTube challenge that she was calling the coloring book challenge where she got just like, A bunch of random kids coloring books, and like, I I think it was like each—I don't know if it was each week or each month—she like wrote a new song based on a page in the coloring book. It was a really cool like creative exercise, and so she had this one, this 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 um this page in this coloring book. There was this like this little like cat town, and like all these little like cats and these like tiny little cars. So it's like the first line of, of the song is crazy little town people running around. I feel safer on the ground sometimes, you know, it's like that was based on the, the coloring book picture. And it's, it's like, and so, um, um, she, you know, her and I have worked together on a song with my homie Trez called get right. Um, hey, that,
0: shouts the Trez, the homie. Yeah. Trez bell. Oh, um, the factory uh, entertainment.
2: Yep. Yeah. My, my business partner and best friend. Um, and he, um, so I worked with Morgan before, um, on that song. And so, um, you know, we wanted to kind of do something just us. And so, um, you know, she kind of came to me with this idea and, um, you know, we kind of built it out and started from there. And, um, my friend Dylan was also, um, he was literally just like hanging around the studio and he was just like, Yo, I love Morgan. Like, you think she'd be cool if, like, I, like, came in on the session? We're just like, yeah, totally. So, um, so the three of us, you know, wrote the song, and it was, it was just one of those like, kind of like magic moments where it's just like, it just happened so quick and so naturally, and was like effortless. I feel like those are like always like a lot of the best songs when it's like, you know, okay, this just happens, and everything is just flowing. We're not, there's no writer's block. There's no, we get stuck on anything. It's just like, boom. And so, um, yeah, so fell in love, um, with the song, we created the song. And, um, so Dylan, um, he's a songwriter and he, um, got a manager, um, kind of not too long after that. And so his manager was at some networking event with, this um this kind of um I guess up and coming EDM artist named um Kill Them With Color, mm-hmm. um with Kill Them With Color's manager, and so um they they got to talking, and I guess um um so Kill Them With Color I guess was got was kind of um I guess kind of in talks with um a Pyramid, which is a Casette's label, um about like potentially a single song deal which needed the right song. And so they got to talking and they, you know, said, hey, you know, I've got, you know, these guys that, you know, have been writing some songs together and got some really good stuff. Like, let's send them one of your tracks and let's, you know, see what they can do. So um Dylan Morgan and I wrote a song um for over this track by Kill Them with Color. And um And initially when we sent to the label, like they, they loved it. And in fact, they loved it so much. They're just like, Oh my gosh, this is great. Like what else do y'all have? So we sent them a pack of a bunch of other songs that we had all written together. And of course, um, run, run at the time was called runaway, was part of that pack. After we sent that pack, they called us, the label called us back about an hour and a half later. And we're just like, Hey, so, um, our artist is like they're looking for like a lead single for their project that they're putting out this year and basically love this song, feels like th- that this song could be it. And so um, essentially, uh, we're just like, um, okay, <laughs> like- are you just
3: shitting yourself like when when in the world does that happen?"
2: Like never, it was so, it was so random. And the, the ironic thing was, is the song, the first song that we wrote the, that we did with kill them with color, like never ended up coming out. It got, shelved of by the label. I know of it got shelved by the label. Cause they went back, <laughs> they came back to kill them. Cause they only had like, it was only like a single song deal yeah. um, label wise. And so like, they basically were like, it was, it was really bizarre. Like they came back to kill them with color. Cause it was like a very like future based type of, type of vibe. Um Luke, I think i played you that song. Um probably. And it was like I love again, I love it. Um unfortunately we can't really do anything with it. Um but they basically came back to kill him with color and they're just like, yo, like Afrobeats is really popping right now. We need you to make this an Afrobeat song.
3: That in the history of music that's <laughs> never worked once. Uh, never. And oh my do God. It? I'm Especially not gonna lie man we listened like to that. what
2: he did with it and it was just like it was not it. And again, because no again, it's me. just like exactly. And it's because at, at the end of the day, it's like, he was just, they were just trying to do what like the label wanted. And it was just not what was naturally again, like just what naturally came about of that song, which is what made it special in the first place. So mm-hmm. that got shelved and that, you know, they tried to shop. I think they tried to shop it around other labels, but nothing ever came of it. And I don't think they could. Um, and so, yeah. So then, um, Basically, I sent the stems and the vocals um, to Kazette. Basically, like totally remixed and um, redid my track. And yeah, it was the lead single. It came out May of twenty eighteen, and to date, it's gotten. I think last time I checked, it's at ten point four million streams, hey, um, which is amazing. super dope. So yeah, got a got yeah. got a, um, got a uh, publishing got a little publishing deal with Cobalt out of that. Well, it was with Concord, but the catalog ended up getting sold um, to Cobalt. So now I'm with with Cobalt with that, which is cool. Um, and um, yeah, man, it's been an amazing. It, it led to a bunch of other opportunities, um, a number of which just kind of didn't end up working out just because of some bad business. Um, which is why I always tell people like learn the business because people, you know, I don't know. I could that could be a whole separate podcast. Oh, um, yeah, we should we, probably we be definitely. To do it have you Straight back done. on for that
3: industry pitfalls and like what like lessons learned and what not to do that like oh my god we need to have you back on to have that for sure cuz i'm not going to lie
2: like i've especially like the story of um i won't get into it but I'll at least say like i was for right after that um i got to working with a bunch of people at epic records and was working for epic records oh, wow. on a bunch of stuff for a good portion of um kind of like later 2018 early 2019 and yeah that situation ended not really not good um which is very unfortunate but it's like again it was just because like some some bad business and that's why I tell people like you know you have you have to you know it's like this people make their whole entire careers off of taking advantage of artists and snaking people and um you know it's if you if this is something that any any artist or any anybody trying to do music, like, you know, this it's you don't have to do everything. Um, you can't. You know what I'm saying? But you have to, you gotta know what's going on. You gotta know what's going on with the money and with like the ownership of the music that you're making. Because like that's how there's so many horror stories I can tell you. And again, that could be a whole separate podcast. We'll but, get you back um, for that. Okay, bet. Yeah. Cuz it's uh, yeah, and I, I know like I've i um, I always tend to go very businessy, but I don't know, it was just like today was very just like it's about you. The creative, yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, man. So um but yeah, no, I would love to have that conversation just cuz I'm very passionate about telling people and telling artists to like basically just like to not have to go through a lot of the shit that I've been through cuz it's you know, again, I would I feel like I would be at a much Knowing what I know now earlier on, I would be at a way different place in my career in a very good way, so yeah, definitely encourage people learn the business it's It's literally not like optional
0: <laughs> for people. nope, nah. People people don't even know the first thing about where the music money comes from when they start releasing. Like ninety nine point nine percent of humans I've talked to in the music space. And me included, you know, it took me years to even start to be like, oh, okay. I mean, luckily somebody like told me that ASCAP existed pretty early on in my career. So at least I was like doing that. You know, at least I had an ASCAP account. But like, yeah, I know you and I have talked a lot and gone in depth on this that we will we will go in depth on a future podcast on on uh, some things about, say, music publishing money explained. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, oh, that's got a whole too. video series that, we need to re- that
3: is, re-release. That is so absolutely an episode we need to like, like. Let's get it on the calendar now. Yeah. No, um, for real, I'm, I'm
2: super down. Just let me, just let me know when. Uh,
3: um, so so let's let's record
0: it in March.
3: <laughs> yeah. Let's okay. Do it. Um, one, one thing about this podcast though, is like, we typically like to dive into the nitty gritty of like people that are actually doing it. Most of the stuff that people gloss over, this is like the perfect example of like someone that actually had a song that made it big, like legitimately big. Yeah. Like if you're comfortable, like what, what does the back end from ASCAP look like from that? Like how many different places do you have to collect from? And like, is it does it does it does it make a difference in your pocketbook oh
2: yes for sure um yeah i mean so it it really it's it's so interesting because it totally depends you know what i'm saying like it's um especially since the song's been out since 2018 um it's you know there will definitely be like i mean obviously like covid caused kind of a more of a drought in royalties and stuff like that but um and that's one thing I really love about Cobalt is that, like, I can see a breakdown of everything in, in my in the analytics in very, very, um, very detailed, which is awesome. I love that. And so, um, so um, I get my writers. Um, I'm with BMI, unfortunately. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I get my I get my um, on my writer side um, my royalty checks from BMI, um, and then on the um, publishing side, because I have the publishing deal with Cobalt. Um, you know, they, they collect all of that and take their percentage and give that to me. So I have, I have a co-pub deal, which means they take half in most situations, um, sometimes even more in other, for other types of royalties. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've made, I mean, thousands and thousands of dollars off that song, um, which is amazing. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and, you know, sometimes there'll be a big, you know, performance of it or something like that. That'll cause a nice little spike in royalties. But I mean, like, I mean, my, my publishing checks like every quarter are like a, you know, good couple hundred bucks, um, from Cobalt. And then, you know, BMI can be anywhere between like, nah, depends on the quarter, but, you know, it can be anywhere from like, you know, 40 something bucks to like a hundred something bucks. I think one time it was like a couple hundred bucks, but my BMI checks tend to be less than my publishing checks from Cobalt for sure, which is why I always tell people like, Make sure you get your publishing because you're missing more than half of your money. I promise
0: you. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Oh. And we will dive into that on that next episode for sure. Let's uh, do it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, real quick, tell the people where to find you on the internet.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so you can find me at Hayden THC on all social platforms. Um, Hayden THC dot um, I'm building. I'm, I'm redirecting everyone to kind of my uh, de facto because i'm trying to start building out my company a lot more with trez so um i have an artist page and i'm building out on there so even if you go to HaydenTHC.com, it'll bring you there um you'll see all my music um discography um all of that um again just at hayden thc anywhere you'll find me
1: oh yeah man well Hell yo yeah. thanks for coming on sharing yeah, stories so i can't wait to do this again you For got sure. great energy, man. I feel pumped and inspired listening to you talk. <laughs> yeah, you're a great
2: storyteller. Too. Appreciate. I, I your
3: love. Time, I love listening man. to you.
2: Thank you. I know. I try. Like, I'm. I'm a talker. I'm like super extroverted. So, like, I try to like be you confident. I'm not just talking over everyone. <laughs> I love
0: it. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, great. you know, that's the whole point of the the interview episodes is that. You know, we don't want to talk as much. We want to hear your story. So thank exactly. you. Perfect. Okay, cool. Good. <laughs> <I can laughs> we have plenty of episodes where it's us rambling the whole time. We yeah, want to hear about you, man. So yeah. thank you very much. It was perfect. Great episode. Sure. And awesome. Yeah. No,
2: thank y'all. Thank y'all for having me on again. Like I remember when y'all started this podcast and it's, you know, um, definitely um, try to, you know, try to always show y'all love when I can and, um, you know, appreciate y'all having me on finally. Yeah, yes, so
3: happy so to have you, man. We started and then we didn't stop. Amen. Yes,
0: no, that's all you got to do for real. Yeah. <laughs> you just
3: got to not quit, and y'all are not quitting.
0: Yeah, I, I've no seen way. a lot of dope right. music podcasts end on episode three or five or twenty-two. Just hey, okay, nah, man, stop doing it. Like, nope, I had one. Going going and we keep we going every six week. episodes. Yeah,
2: that was it. So, a good I, podcast I, I really, too. Thank you. I really, I really. I want to bring it back. We're just trying to figure out just cause it's like, you know, all three of us we're in different cities now and we just got to figure out like how to do that schedule. I got you, bro. I got you. Yeah. I know all the, yeah. <laughs> I, I know y'all are making it, y'all are making it happen, man. I gotta, yeah. I really know for real. I really got to ask you about that.
0: The trick is make it easy, man. Yeah. Podcast. Yeah, man. I'll, I'll give you all the advice you need, man. We've, cool. we've done the, the trials and the errors and then better trials. Yeah. <laughs> <Now, laughs> nice. And a few months from now, I'll figure out another error and we'll be like, okay, cool, let's make that easier. Yep. <laughs> it's always how it is. Always growing, man. But all right, how we sign this out is we give them a peace and a peace, peace among world. worlds. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> all right, humans, till Hi, next humans. time. Later. Peace. peace. If I got it, I'm going to get what I want. Wow humans, so glad you're with us for that dope episode Really appreciate you being here as always Make sure to find us at thehumanmusicpodcast.com Twitter is at humanmusicpod, and Instagram is at thehumanmusicpodcast Follow Hayden THC at Hayden THC And uh, Guest Practices is one of our sponsors You can learn from Seth Drake at the Approach Institute uh, Your first class over there is free so go get it. The weekly download, where you can learn from Ill Gates and his private weekly group lessons and get access to over 250 more episodes in the archive for just 20 bucks a month. Yummy Strums, where you can get high-quality guitar samples, loops, one-shots, racks, and more from our very own Tesco. And Dojo TV, where you can get free producer live stream classes from the Dojo Senseis. And this class was live on Dojo TV. You could have been there watching it live with us. What's what's wrong? Why weren't you there? Uh, support Hayden by checking out his song of the week. Uh, that is Bois Bay featuring Hayden THC, Stay Strong, where you can find on the streaming down there, and Kazette featuring Morgan Bosman, Run Run, that Hayden wrote on Big Song with 10 Million Views, and uh, DeFactory Entertainment, Hayden's Company. All right. Next week, we have the one and only Smart Boy, another good homie of mine. That's going to be a blast. Till then, though, peace and peace among worlds. I like it.